I'm going to be honest with you tonight. I'm afraid that many of us Christians are never going to experience the full extent of all that God has planned for our lives. We're like the children of Israel. I mean, if you think about the children of Israel as they were coming out of Egypt, some say a million and a half, two million people. There were probably many people in that group who were a part of the group in a sense, but really in name only. Their heart was really not for the Lord. They were not truly followers of God. So they were kind of going along with everything, but they were not true. They were with the rest of the group, but they were not truly followers of the Lord. But then there were other people that were part of the group, and they were true believers. Listen, they spent their lives in the wilderness. They spent their life. They did not have the opportunity to cross over into the promised land, into the incredible life that God had for them. Yes, God still protected them, didn't he? He still provided for them. He he gave them food, albeit the same food. He gave them shoes, albeit the same shoes, but at least those shoes never wore. So, So God provided for them, God protected them, but they were never able to experience the abundance of the promised land. They had the opportunity to cross over, but they chose not to trust the Lord, and they spent their lives walking in circles. They could have had it, but they wouldn't trust the Lord and take those steps with Him. Did you know that of those people, those original people that came out of Egypt, do you know how many actually got to cross over and experience that? Does anybody know? 200,000 out of 2 million? 20,000 out of 2 million? 2,000, how many? Two. Two people got to cross over into the promised land out of those people. And they are a warning to us. They are an example to us. Listen, it's not that most can't have that. Okay, we shouldn't interpret it like that. It's that most of us won't have it. We won't receive what God has for us. So I've got a question for us tonight, church family. Is that how it's going to be here? Is it just going to be, hey, there's a couple of people that trust God and follow Him and receive His blessings and trust Him. And yes, they make mistakes, but they say, you know what, I'm going to all out live my life for God and the rest of us just kind of survive and hold on and get to heaven. And you know what, that, to be honest with you, that looks to be the normal pace for Christians in the world, especially in the United States. There are very few people that grab hold And say, God, I want to follow you with my whole heart. I want to follow hard after you. I want to experience all that you have for my life. Are we going to have a group of people where many individuals say, no, I want it. Amen? I want it. God, like, uh, like Paul in Philippians chapter 3, I love the way Paul put it in Philippians chapter 3. And this is just Robbie's paraphrase. God... Grabbed a hold of me. Amen? God grabbed a hold of my life, and He grabbed a hold of me for something 
I want to grab hold of whatever he's grabbing hold of me for and hang on and receive all that God has for me. Is that your heart tonight, church family? I thank God that I believe with all my heart that there are many people in this church family that that is your heart tonight. And I believe that that's exciting, amen? I think that's happening. And that's what makes it so exciting to be a part of his work here because where you have a group of people like that that individually make that decision, watch out, amen? Watch out what God could do if a lot of people made that individual decision. But if you want to go where other people have never been. You've got to be willing to do what other people are not willing to do. Amen? You've got to be willing to take some steps forward. That's what we're talking about in this series. We're talking about steps. Listen, we're talking about the fact that, listen... God, as we observe God's work in His Word, as we watch Christians, believers who's gone before us, there are some significant decisions that we make in our lives that make a difference. That can make the difference on whether we're going to kind of flounder around and walk in circles for the rest of our life or whether we're going to say, God, I want to grab hold of it. I want to take steps forward. I want to experience all that you have for me. I'm telling you, these things are critical decisions that if you ask the Lord to speak to your heart over these next few weeks, I guarantee you, I promise you, your life will never be the same. And all of them are critical milestones for any believer. But I believe the one that we're going to talk about tonight might be the most critical. As you're thinking about Hey, I'm brand new. Where do I go from here? Hey, I've been kind of going in those circles for many years spiritually. It's time for me to take some steps forward. What's the next step for me? As you are thinking about the next step for your life, you must decide if you haven't already. Listen, in my walk with God, I'm daily going to spend time with my Savior. That's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the decision to daily spend time with God. And as we think about that, let's start with this. As human beings, human beings created in the image of God and created for a relationship, a personal relationship with Him, first of all, I want to talk about this. We really desperately need to spend time with God. Did you realize that? Tonight we're talking about having a daily time with God, but I want to start out by just talking about the fact that the Bible emphasizes to us the importance the critical nature that I have, the need that I have to, to, to spend time alone with God. Psalm 27, verse 4, David said this. He says, one thing, I, that's always haunted me. That's always bothered me. There's a passage in the Bible that says there's just one thing I'm going to grab hold of. And this was a man, what? After God's own heart. First Samuel 13, verse 14 says, here's a man after God's own heart. Well, that man, I want to talk to a guy like that, Amen. That guy says, one thing I've asked from the Lord. What would you ask if you had one thing tonight? One thing. He says, one thing I have asked from the Lord. That's what I'm going to seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That's all I want. I want to dwell. What's he saying? I want to be in God's presence. I want to go there. I want to stay there and never leave. Amen. Somebody talks about prayer like, you know, I want to call God. I want to pick up his prayer hotline 
and I never want to get cut off. I never want to hang up. It's that idea. David says, listen, I just want to get in God's presence and I never want to leave. I want to continually stay in the presence of the Lord. Psalm 23, verse 6, a few chapters behind that. I remember a few years ago, actually now, it's been a while now, it's not a few years ago, it was about 20 years ago, Shannon's dad was going into surgery, had colon cancer, and I remember it just, this, this has just stuck with me all these years. I mean, they were putting him under, he was kind of half out of it, but as he was going under, he just kept saying, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's what David said in Psalm 23. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will live, I will dwell. That's what David said. His heart was, I want to be, I need to be in God's presence. Do you realize that tonight? We are desperate tonight to be with God. Psalm 16, verse 11. Listen to this. The Bible says in Psalm 16, 11, there is fullness of joy. There are pleasures for... I don't even talk like that, amen? I don't even know what that language means. There are pleasures forever in the presence of the Lord. Think about something that you think of as good, as pleasurable, as favorable, as blessing, as, as however you want to describe that, as beauty. Think about that. There are those forever when you're in the presence of God. Numbers chapter 21, verses 8 through 9. I heard a pastor this week talking about these verses. And in those verses, it's a different context. But in those verses, the concept is look to the Lord and you will live. Look to the Lord. It was when, it was when uh, uh, Moses put the serpent up on the stake. And, and, and the people, he says, listen, you've been bitten by the snakes. But if you will look up, if you will look up to the Lord, you will live. Over and over again in God's Word, we are told that our great need is to look to God, is to stand before Him, is to be in His presence. There is something about that place. Are you hungry for it tonight? Is your heart beating fast? Are you saying, I hadn't been there very often? I maybe have never been there before, but I want to be. I know in my heart, this is the, the desire of my heart, this is what I'm looking for. There is something about being in the presence of our Maker that blesses us, that changes us, that we critically need for our lives. And I want to suggest to you tonight, if you would say tonight, there is something missing in my life. There is something not right. That, that just something's out of whack. Something's out of... And certainly, if you don't have a personal relationship with God tonight, that's it. That's the main thing. But even as believers tonight, there are some of us that say that there's just something that doesn't seem right. There's something not fulfilled. There's something that's missing in my life. I would suggest to you, if you are not regularly spending time in God's presence, look no further. That is the place. You don't have to look for any other formula. I just need... You ought to get hungry. You ought to get desperate. You ought to get almost frantic sometimes. I get like that sometimes. I get frantic because I know it's been a while and I need to go there. Amen? Do you hear what I'm saying? How long can a flower live without sunshine? How well would it do 
How long can you and I live and exist and go on without being exposed to the presence, the life-changing, the life-sustaining presence of our God? And with that in mind, realizing our great need for God's presence, I want to introduce this idea to you tonight. Many Christians, realizing that, have made a decision to daily spend time in God's presence. You might have heard believers talk about this uh, as you come to church, or maybe you refer to it. Well, people use different phrases for this. They call it their devotions, they call it their personal quiet time, their, their daily time with God, whatever you want to call it. It just refers to the fact that many Christians have made a decision that being in God's presence is so critical for them that they have carved out time every day to spend with God. Now, the Bible doesn't necessarily lay out for us a formal framework for this, but the Bible does reflect to us the value of being very intentional about spending time with God. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. The Bible says Jesus himself, when he was here walking on this earth, this is in the early morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded, to a private place. And there he was praying. Jesus himself, when he was walking on this earth, made it a priority to get up and to spend time with the Father. Daniel chapter 6 verse 10. In the book of Daniel, the Bible tells us, even in the midst of persecution, even in the midst of the threat of losing his life for continuing to do this. The Bible says of Daniel, now when Daniel knew that the document was signed saying that he couldn't do this anymore, he entered his house, now in his roof chamber, he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. The Bible tells us that Daniel... One of the most godly men that we find in the scriptures that Daniel had developed the discipline, the habit that daily, three times a day, and as we look back over history, church history, as we look back at the Bible, we see indications that many people have uh, made a decision even not just once a day, but they made a decision that multiple times a day, and it gives the impression here of Daniel. Uh, David talks about over in uh, Psalm 55, I believe it's in verse 17, where he talks about meeting with the Lord morning. Noon and night. There have been godly people throughout history who said, you know what, I need to stop before I start this day. Man, I need to stop in the middle of the day. And certainly when it's over, I need to stop. And I need to get some perspective from God. We should certainly look at it like this. Now think about this with me for a moment. Should I ever go a day can't, let's think about it this way. Can I afford to ever face a day without first turning my focus upon God? Now we can certainly think about multiple ways that we can spend time with God, right? The Bible talks about 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 17. It talks about praying without ceasing. Okay, so I love this idea and I, and I try to practice it myself. I know many of you do as well. Of all throughout my day, what do I want to be doing? Talking to God, right? I have a relationship with Him. We're on the go. He goes to work with me. He goes to the store with me. 
He goes to the fun places with me. Whatever I'm doing, I can walk with God. I can talk with God. And so many of us are practicing that. Throughout the day, I can seek to be on mission. I can look for opportunities to serve. I can hang around with other believers. I can listen to Christian music. I can listen to preaching on the radio or on the internet or on my iPod. I can, I can seek to be full of the Spirit and dead to self. All of those things are important. But listen, in our relationship with the Lord, we might think of those things as quantity time. But what we're talking about tonight, we might think more in terms of quality time. Don't we talk about relationships in that way? Isn't it good to spend quantity time, right? Isn't it good to say, I'm going to spend all my time with the Lord. I'm going to seek to walk with Him daily all the time. But honestly, if you're in a relationship with someone that you care about and you want to stay intimate with, it's not enough just to sort of touch base lightly throughout the day. Amen? You need times, and ideally, especially with someone as close as your spouse or your kids, Don't you need times daily that you touch base with that person, that you communicate, that you talk, that you share thoughts and and relationship with one another? Many Christians, especially, listen friend, I'm going to tell you, if you look back over church history, if you look back not even that far, I guarantee you if there is somebody that you look up to, somebody who walks closely with God, who seeks to honor Him with their whole heart as best as you can tell. I mean, they're not perfect. But I'm talking about the people that you most look up to, that walk with God from your perspective as close as anybody you've ever seen in your life. I guarantee you, I have never met a person in that category who had not made the decision to daily meet with God. I'm telling you. I cannot give you a secret weapon, silver bullet, here's the one thing, but if I was going to, guess what it would be? This this one. Because this one impacts all the others. Like Jesus. Like David. Like the long list of history of people who've said, I need some time today to give God my undivided attention. Not, hey, God, will you go with me? Although he's glad to go with us, amen? Don't forget to do that either. That's, that's huge. But not just, hey, God, can you go with me in the car or while I'm doing this or while I'm dealing with these people. But God, I need to come and just be with you in your presence. Do you have a time each day you give God your undivided attention? You may say, well, why, Pastor Robbie? Why, why is it such a priority for that to happen? There's many things we could say, but I'm going to give you a couple things. Here's a couple things for you to consider. First of all, we should do that because God calls us to do it. God calls us to spend time with Him. Psalm chapter 8, verses 3 through 4, the psalmist says, you know, it's amazing that God even gives us the time of day. That's the Robbie Lane for paraphrase, okay? It says, what is man... <laughs> What is man that you care about him, that you give thought to him? Why do you even care about us, God? Amen? Why does he even give us a second thought? But even more than that, does it humble you to know that he invites you to spend time with him? And I want you to know, whatever, however that, whatever would connect with you in God issuing you an invitation. You literally got an invitation in the mail. Maybe you're like me. You can see the Lord getting in a boat and saying, come on, Robbie, let's go. Maybe you like to hike and you see the Lord starting up the trailhead. Come on, let's go. 
Maybe you're a picnic person. You see the Lord saying, come on, I just want to spend some time with you. Maybe you're a mall person. And... No, he doesn't go to the mall. But anyway, <laughs> whatever, whatever connects with you. I'm convinced the Lord does not go to the mall. But anyway, <clears throat> that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Let's go back to Scripture, though. Psalm 6, uh, 46, verse 10. Listen, the Lord calls us. Does this wash over you? Are you glad to hear this from your Maker tonight? Cease your striving and know that I am God. Many of you have heard that translated be still. Be still. And know that I am God. And then he goes on to say, I, I will be exalted among the nations. Whoa! That, that gives me a little hint there. If Robbie got still with God more often like he calls me to, I'd have a bigger picture of the big God that he is and what he's up to in this world. Amen? Mark chapter 6, verse 31. In Mark 6, 31, Jesus says to his disciples, it says, And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. There were many people coming and going. They were doing a lot of ministry. And they did not even have time to eat. Come away. The King James says, Come apart. Come, come aside. Some of the other translations. Jesus says, Come over here with me for a little while. Psalm 27, verse 8. The Bible says, When you said to me, Lord, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face I will seek. Is that you tonight? Do you hear God calling out to you? Seek my face. Come before me. Does your heart cry out like David's? Yes, God. Your face I am going to seek. We have many people in our lives who are trying to get our attention. But there are probably a few people when they call, you pay attention most, don't you? Can you think of some people right now? Can you think of some people right now that if they called you tonight, you would stop everything? If they said to you, I, need to, I want to speak with you, I, I need to spend some time with you, would you stop everything? Would you reschedule some things? Would you work out? Would you say, wow, this must be important. This is a big deal. I, I need to make this happen. Can you imagine? And I'm afraid sometimes when we come to Bible-believing churches where we teach about how, you know what, the wall has been torn down. There's, no, there's now no more barrier between us and God. The problem with that is sometimes we start getting the feeling that we're just kind of casual with God. And we don't realize the incredible privilege that's why reading the Old Testament is so overwhelming because it was all those layers to get to God. Thank God all the layers have been torn down, but because we don't have to get through the layers, we think it's kind of easy and cheap, and therefore, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Is God speaking to you about that tonight? The God of the universe is calling me. <laughs> I don't even understand that, do you? But I hope it draws you tonight. So God calls us to that, but also we need to spend time with Him. We said this, but I want you to write down, there's something about being in God's presence that changes me. Listen to Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. It says, The Lord told Aaron to speak this blessing to the children of Israel. He says, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord 
make his face shine on you. I don't use language like that. I'm glad the Lord does, don't you? There's something about poetry. There's something about, there's something about language like that, that that just sort of makes it more picturesque for us. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. That means if I come in God's presence and God radiates upon me, then I'm going to experience grace. The Lord lift up His countenance on you. That's probably the way we would say the Lord pay attention to you. The The Lord turn towards you. Can you imagine... Have you ever had somebody in your life that you were hoping you could catch their attention? The Bible says that God lifts up his countenance upon me and and in the process of that, that gives me peace. Change occurs. Then in verse 27, he talks about blessing happening in our lives. Love uh, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. Listen to these verses. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. It's talking about what I was just talking about. Because of Christ, the veil has been torn down. There is no more wall between us and God. And so now I have the opportunity daily to come into the presence of God and for His image to be radiated back onto me, transforming my wrong image more and more like His right image. Isn't that incredible? I got to tell you, I'm getting a little excited. Uh, God's working in my heart. Part of that is I'm feeling a little better. Praise the Lord for that. But part of that is God's been speaking to my heart. God's stirring in my heart. You know, um, I've shared with you guys before. If there's a secret in my life, if you say, what is it, Pastor Roy? What is the key? What is the secret? The only thing I have good going for me ultimately is ever since I was a little boy, God got a hold of my heart. I love the Lord. Amen? I love the Lord. I, I, and we got this thing going. Amen? It's just me and the Lord. And, and, you know, it's amazing to me. I'm standing up here talking about the one I love so much, and you guys love him too. That's incredible. That's good for y'all, but th- that's fine. But I got him first. Amen? I mean, he's mine. And I'm telling you, honestly, Pastor Robbie doesn't have anything anything without meeting with the Lord. I thank the Lord if He uses me in your life. The greatest compliment that anybody, a couple of you have said this over the years, the greatest compliment is, you know what, it seems like God whispers in your ear and then you tell us what He said. Now, we know it's not quite that literal. But what a compliment, what a blessing, because that is how it happens. I have no reason to stand up here and talk unless God, I meet with God, and He speaks to me and He gives me something worth giving to you guys. That's all I have. I love the Lord. And I have a hunger to be with Him. And He speaks to me. 
Third thing is, Jesus modeled this as a godly example. We talked about it in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Jesus modeled it for us. That's why we need to do it. The fourth thing is, I cannot do life without God, but with God I can do all things. What a contrast! Did you hear that? I cannot do. John 15, 5 says, without Him, I can do nothing. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 13 says, but I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. I am able to do anything that God wants me to do when Christ gives me the strength. Isn't that incredible? What a contrast. Robbie is nothing, cannot do anything on his own. But when I get with God, when he works in and through me, I can do anything that God wants to accomplish through my life. He strengthens me. He shows me things. He speaks to me. He guides me. He answers me. He answers my prayers. He prepares me. I can have all those things through Christ. When I get before God and He speaks to me. The next thing is I need protection and provision. Why do I need to come before God? Because I am in trouble. How about you? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18, that God wants to give you armor for your day. By the way, it's been a while since I've done this, but God's been speaking to me about to praying on the armor of God. Some of you maybe consider doing that in your personal time with the Lord. You'd get up in the morning and just pray through the armor and just ask God to appropriate each piece of spiritual armor for the battle that you're going to face for that day. The Bible says you get that from God. Protection for the battles. Do you ever feel like you're just like, I mean, if you want to be playful about it in a pinball machine, but if you want to be really specific about it, do you ever feel like you're just in a battle and you're getting shot at? Amen? The Bible says that God can protect you. But you've got to allow Him to work in your life. He wants to provide for you. Matthew 6, verse 33 says, But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and everything else you need will be added to your life. Isn't that incredible? I've been talking with several people over the last few weeks about different things that God's doing in their life. And just to encourage them, many points in my life I've said, Lord, I see what you're calling me to do, but I don't have the ability, I don't have the resources, whatever it is. God, if you'll just give me what I need, I'll do it. God always provides. You seek God and His direction for your life, and you will have everything you need to fulfill His purpose. Next thing is, the reason I need to get with God is because I'm desperate and hungry. I have been thinking about this verse all week because I heard a song that was sung basically from this verse, and I just can't get over it. It says, Oh God, You are my God. Amen. He's mine. I told you He was mine. See, that was for me. He says, It's my God. He's my God. If you read it, he's yours too. Amen. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh yearns for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. There is nothing around that helps me. There's nothing around that fills the void in my life. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. And when I come before God, 
You ever had times in your life where you had an extended period where you didn't come before the Lord? And you started moving away. You started forgetting how critical it was. And then God spoke to you and God drew you back. And then God showed you, oh my goodness, I have been living like a beggar. I've been been starving when all of this was available to me. God's speaking to me about that. God's drawing me back to that. Psalm chapter 25, verse 4. It says, uh, when I come into God's presence, He gives me focus and direction. Look at what it says. It says, make me know to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. For, for you I will wait all the day. Do you ever wonder what you're supposed to do? Do you ever wonder what decision you're supposed to make? You know what the Bible says? When you come into God's presence, God gives you the bigger picture and God gives you specific direction for your daily life. Do you believe that? If we really believe this, we'd be crazy not to take Him up on it. Amen? This past week, I had something pretty significant happen. And it was one of those, uh, remember I said earlier in the service, don't just stand there and do something? Okay, that's Robbie's knee jerk. Robbie's knee jerk's not, don't just do something, stand there. Robbie's is, if something ain't happening, make it happen. Amen, anybody? Anybody else with me? I had something pretty serious come up. God spoke to me. He said, you need to meet with me. I'm not kidding you. God spoke to me about that very serious thing that I had. I wasn't sure, but I was pretty confident that he said to me he was going to give me a miraculous resolution to that big problem. It felt dumb. It felt dumb. What if you had something big impending tonight that you didn't know what the, which way it was going to go? Okay? What if God spoke to you tonight? Trust me, I'm going to take care of this. Isn't that hard? You'll give me a little love? It was hard that night? All right. So I'm not sure, Lord, but I think, I think you're telling me this is going to be all right. But then he said, but even if it's not, I'm going to take care of you. So then I said, well, then it doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to trust you. And he did the miraculous. He did. He did. Praise the Lord. He did the first thing. Well, listen, I didn't have either one of those things until I got alone with God. And I got alone with the Lord and I said, Lord, I need your help. I don't know what to do. I don't know what the right decision is. I don't, I don't have it. God, I need your help. He said, Robbie, I'm going to take care of it. And even if I don't do it the way that you're thinking... I'm still going to take care of you. And he did the big thing. Where would I have been if I hadn't come into the Lord's presence and got that direct? You know, don't you? You know? You know what my day would have been like, amen? Frantic, running, trying to make something happen, messing it up, really. Not having a whole lot of fun doing it. 
if I had not come apart for a little while, as the King James says, if I had not come away for a little while with the Lord, I would have come apart for a little while. Do you hear me? If you don't want to come apart for a while, then you need to come apart for a while with the Lord. We really need to spend time with God. Many Christians have recognized that God calls us to do that on a regular basis and have made the decision to do that daily. But let's talk about how to do that just quickly here tonight. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Discipline yourself. Train yourself for the purpose of godliness. Now, I want to be a little bit careful tonight because I don't want to give you a formula. Okay, I don't want to be too detailed about it as if it's some kind of formula because it's a relationship, right? But even for a relationship, it's good to have pointers and direction. That's why we go to marriage conferences, right? So we can understand some guidelines that will help us. So let me give you two main components of time with God. Number one is be in the Word. and Number two is pray. And actually, you could probably just even summarize it this way. You could put out to the side, number one is listen. Number two is talk. Like Pastor Jeff said, a relationship is a two-way, two-way street. And so let's talk about those. Being in the Word. The Bible says in Psalm 119, verse 105, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Listen, I said being with the Lord is not just... I didn't say read your Bible. I didn't say study your Bible. Certainly, we need to read our Bible. And certainly, we need to study our Bible. But listen, that's what many churches do. They say, listen, you should read your Bible. That's not completely the whole thing. If you just read your Bible, then you missed it. Even if you just study your Bible, you missed it. God is not a term paper. God is not an intellectual pursuit to satisfy your curiosity. He is your God. He is your Savior. And you're reading the letters He's written to you so that you can have a personal, close connection with Him. Let me give you a couple things to think about. We'll put this on our website. Don't feel like you have to keep up. But man, uh, many of you have heard of Howard Hendricks. Wrote this down in his book, uh, Living by the Book. When you're reading the Bible, look for these things. An example to follow. A promise to claim. A command to obey. A verse to memorize. A sin to avoid a prayer to imitate, a condition to meet, a wrong direction to take note of, or a challenge to face. Now that seems like a lot, but if you just kind of made a note of those eight or nine things and put those in the sleeve of your Bible there, as you're looking, you say, okay, Lord, which one of these is what you're trying to say to me in your word? So when you come before God's word, you're looking very intentionally on God, how are you trying to speak to me through this? I'm not just reading information, I'm searching for your hand of direction. And then pray. After you spend time in the Word, then pray. You say, what do I pray about? Well, first of all, treat Him like someone you love. Just talk to Him. Many times I'll say, good morning, Lord. I will. I'll just say, good morning, Lord. I, say, I love you. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that out of repetition. I just I love you, Lord. I say that a lot during the day. I'll just be right along. <laughs> Thank you for that green light. I love you, Lord. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Okay, so things like that, just be, you know, just be in a love relationship with your Lord. 
but also take what you just read and pray about it. This is the living, breathing Word of God. Trust that God has you where He wants you to be for that day and ask Him to speak to you through it. The reason I'm giving you this is because you ever just sit there and you're like, I don't know what to say. I don't know. You wanna, what do you want to say? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Well, I already know what he wants to talk about. He wrote a book. He wrote me a letter. So let's look at what he wanted to say and trust him to speak to me today through it. I encourage you to have a prayer list, a weekly prayer list. We've got a sample on our website if you want a starting point that gives you things to pray about each day of the week. I remember I used to get so overwhelmed trying to pray about everything that I prayed for nothing. So I said, well, my list isn't going to cover everything, but at least it'll cover a lot of things. That'll be a good starting point. So, so start some kind of a, 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 a path for praying, specifically for other people, for other situations. Then pray about your day. Pray about your week. Take your calendar. Pull it out. Do this last, okay? Or else you'll never spend time with the Lord. But before you're leaving the Lord's presence, say, God, today, oh yeah, I've got that appointment at 9.30. Oh yeah, I've got that tough one at 1. Oh yeah, Lord, somebody was asking me, the kids were wanting to do this. We were thinking about going on vacation. We've got to make a decision in a couple weeks. I hadn't had time to stop and be still. God, would you speak to me? Would you lead me? Would you today, would you just be kind of working in my heart about that? I promise you, you're going to be surprised. God speaks a lot more than you thought. You can add anything to that. Add music, add journaling, lots of different things. Remember, it's a relationship. But basically, it's spending time in His Word and talking with Him through prayer. I would encourage you to have a specific place, a specific time. It doesn't have to be bound to that. But just have some planning, have some preparation, so that because there's lots of reasons for it to go off track. And so just have a plan. Bring your Bible, bring a pen, bring a piece of paper, have a devotional book, maybe. We've got many devotional resources out in the foyer for you tonight to encourage you to sort of springboard that. If you say, I don't know where to start, get a study Bible, journal, write notes, go back and look at those notes later, whatever it might be. Start tonight saying, God, I want to meet with you every day and spend time with you in your Word. Some of us tonight are just starting out. Other of us, others of us, have stalled out. Amen? We're stuck. We've been at the same spot. Listen, you may as well be the children of Israel in the wilderness because you're just walking around in circles. Yeah, God's taking care of me. Yeah, God's feeding me, but it's, it's not abundant living. I would start here. If you're a child of God and you're not regularly coming into God's presence, you're suffering from spiritual malnutrition. And it's desperate. Sometimes we can be in bad shape physically and we don't even know it until the doctor tells us, amen? Maybe that's what God's saying. That's why you're so hungry. That's why you're so spastic. That's why you're so angry. That's why you get upset so easy. That's why things are bouncing all over the place. Be still. Dear God, is it possible that 5, 10, 15, 30 minutes in your presence could save me a day? Yep. Save you a lot longer than that.
Christians tonight, would you leave here saying, God, help me to take another step. If you're not a believer tonight, I talked about the wall being taken down. That wall's still there if you're not a believer. It's not because God wants it to be. That's why Christ died on the cross. He died to tear that wall down because He wants you to be able to come into His presence every single day, all day, 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. So why can't I? Well, you can if you'll receive the offer God's making. I'll open the door wide open. Isn't there another way? Isn't that the way we are? Are you going to do it your way or God's way? God said this was the way that it had to be done. I had to send my son to die for you. Don't take that lightly. Tonight, would you receive this free offer I'm offering to you? Let's bow before the Lord. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for speaking to us through your spirit. I can see you waving me forward, Lord. I can see you out front. I can see you saying, come and follow me, Robbie. This is the way. Walk ye in it. You know this is a step for you. Many others are sensing that as well, Lord. Help us not just to see who we are and turn away. And leave the same as we came. God, what's the next step for each one of us tonight? How can we grow in this way? Show them, Lord. Show your children. Show your people. Give us the ability to do it. Father, if there's someone here tonight that doesn't even have access to you, I pray that they would know that is so unnecessary because you've already paved the way. If they'll just trust you. If they'll call upon you like that young man did a few nights ago, Say, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart and be my Savior. I want you to forgive me and give me eternal life. I want to have the opportunity to meet with you every day, God. Thank you. Thank you for saving me. We pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.